and we want him now. We want a king, and we want him now. We want a king. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. My partner Charles is here. I think we're ready to talk about something kind of timely. What do you think, Charles? Well, it, I know this this is a, this is a civil discourse show, but uh, I don't know. Today, I'm, I'm I'm leaning towards that not a safe space part of the title. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think so, though. We're going to still try to keep it PG, but but there's some serious stuff going on. We need to talk about. Well, let's see what what's happened in the last week. Uh, there was an election. I don't want to talk about that. Okay, we won't talk about that. Um, I had to do dishes, you know, yet again. But boring. <laughs> Are you saying the man uh, doing dishes is not a topic that is worthy of a civil discourse? I, I real quick side note on that because you know it's our show and we can go wherever we want to go. But I, I heard a motivational speaker once say that no husband was ever shot while do, doing the dishes. <laughs> so. <laughs> He just said, fellas, you might want to think about that. <laughs> there, there's some truth there. There's some real truth there. So anyway, yeah. no, no. What else you got here? Come uh, on. There's got to be something we can talk about. Well, I heard that uh, Saturday Night Live this past week was rather interesting. Oh, yeah. I saw that. That was interesting. Um, I think uh, it was Dave Chappelle, again, in the limelight. <sighs> You know, what, what's up with this guy? You know, I, I, I think he's one of the funniest people who's ever lived. And, and for some reason, he keeps getting heat, and I'm not getting it. Well, I think that he is refusing to bow to the standards of PC, um, bow to the expectations of cancel culture, um, bow to whatever the moment-to-moment -moment shifting social acceptances are. And, you know, he did a, he did a special, he, well, he's done many, but he did one a few um, years ago where I remember him, among other many, many good things that I thought he put out, I, he said something, it might have been when he won, was it the Kennedy Center honor? I forget. Could have been. Um, but he made the point of saying that he felt strongly that it is, his responsibility and the responsibility of others in his industry as comedians to speak irresponsibly. And I thought that's interesting. Um, not, not for the purpose of being shock artists and all this. Right, other right, right, right. But to look at society in all of its, uh, challenges and difficulties and, 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 you know, celebrations were appropriate and so forth, but, it, but certainly it's absurdities and speak on it with truth and honesty and its reflection and find the humor in it because, you know, through tragedy, humor is often the route to uh, moving forward, but to, to speak truthfully. And that unfortunately um, at least his truth, so to speak, is often considered irresponsible or offensive or damaging. I, you know, depends on what group he's, he's attacking at the, or not attacking, but, you know, speaking on. And the big one, I think, this past week was his reflection on things that have been happening with uh, Kanye West, or excuse me, Ye. Um, and who was the, be the basketball player, was it? Uh, uh, I, I heard the reference. I know nothing about that. <laughs> but essentially, uh, anti-Semitic 
uh, elements in there. Kiri, Kiri something, Kiri something, K-Y-R-I-E something. If only yeah. there was some way to find information. Yes, I did. By the way, his, his setup of it was hilarious. It really was hilarious. Uh, where he he talked about you know Kanye he went to bed took a nap and then woke up and then all heck I'll, I'll censor because we're PG here but all heck then broke loose and so I was uh, you know it 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 was an interesting setup but um, yes let me find the guy's name while we're talking here uh, but oh okay so to our listeners out there I I'll, I'll go ahead and admit it I'm not a big sports fan. There are certain things I enjoy watching. There are certain things I like to play, but I'm just not. If you ask me who who are the the great players on the Lakers today, I could probably name one of them. And the guy's name name is Kyrie Irving. Kyrie, there it is. I Kyrie, yes. I had the spelling right, just not the pronunciation. Um, he he's uh, and I I didn't know what he did. I really was kind of ignorant about what what Kanye did. I went and read what Con Kanye said and. Yeah, it's anti-Semitic, or, or could certainly be perceived as that way. Uh, I, I thought it was, but you know that's a judgment call that each of us have to make. Uh, well, and by, you're going to go DefCon three on the Jews. I mean, it's there's not a lot of room for uh, misinterpretation. No, I, I think we all pretty much read it the same way. Um, you know, but he he's not the first Hollywood type, and I don't know if we consider him a Hollywood type, but he's not the first Hollywood type. To, to engage in this behavior, uh, you know, one of our favorite actors did almost exactly the same thing. So well, many, many years ago, there's uh, almost no behavior we can think of under the sun that hasn't been done before that, that, that sort of, uh, and you know, human nature is an act of repetition, but, um, the Kyrie thing, I guess there was a film, um, that came out that was generally considered to be a bit, uh, anti-Semitic in its message, and I guess he just simply retweeted a link to it, um, as I understand. I don't know if anything was said specifically or whatnot, but the fact that he retweeted it was interpreted as a promotion of it, and in doing so, a, a signing off on the anti-Semitic messaging of it, and I believe he was asked to sit out of a number of games, um, basically put in the corner as Dave Chappelle put it. Um, and he made some comments on, uh, Chappelle made some comments on, uh, I think the, the phrase he said was that uh, terrible things have happened to the Jews. There's no question about that. Um, but you can't blame the Holocaust on uh, Af you know, black American men. Right. And this was an interesting uh, call for response from a lot of people over the last few days. <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, and we've done an episode on this comedy. You have to tread the line and sometimes you step over it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought a lot of his monologue was really funny in that Lenny Bruce commentary on society way that, that Chappelle is really he, he's like. This generation's George Carlin. He he really is. Oh, absolutely. And and so he does a wonderful job of of taking uncomfortable issues, making them funny, and, and making a point about it. He didn't endorse anything that Kanye West said. 
he he didn't think that they were right. In fact, he pretty much said they were. What did he say? Uh, well, what he said was that regardless of how you feel, and I, and I'm I'm paraphrasing, to say that to say these things out loud today is pretty stupid. And so he wasn't condemning what the the, the intent behind it directly. He was commenting on the stupidity of enunciating it as a public figure. Um, and I guess apparently there was a lot of flaunting that Kanye West did uh, that he could say anything he wanted and, and he couldn't be canceled and this and that. And I guess he lost about a billion and a half uh, dollars in deals overnight. <laughs> and, the, and the thing about the change was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it was, hilarious. Uh, um, billionaires don't, don't wear their money. Um, yeah. <laughs> Millionaires wear their money. I uh, guess Kanye, you need to be uh, putting your chains on now. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. That was just funny. That was hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, and, and by the way, in the middle of this monologue, there was a spot on characters, characterization of Donald Trump. And, and yeah, I don't on. care what side of the aisle you're on. There was a lot of truth in that. And, and, and whether you like Trump, like some folks do dislike Trump, like some folks do, or you're like me and you just, he's just another politician and, and, and are equally dismissive of him and all the rest of them. Um, his characterization was right. No, I thought that was really quite interesting. I think he called him what an honest liar, something. an honest liar yeah. uh, and, and set it up with, you know, uh, well, well, Mr. Trump, how do you know the system's rigged? Because I'm in it. <laughs> Ooh, I benefit from it. And if you don't like it, change it. But I know you won't because you and your friends are benefiting from it too. And the thing about you don't pay your taxes. Well, of course I don't. I I buy I buy by the rules you and your donors set up. <laughs> so, and you know, there's there's a lot to unpack in that, and that's a different podcast. But I think that again, you know, get, getting back to the words of Chappelle, um, I the, nothing in there felt to me uh cancel worthy no and and in fact he did say kanye west was not well those were his exact words all kinds of of things (laughs) he didn't go as far as to condemn him but he certainly did not suggest that the things spewing forth from him were good and uh i think that's the difference he's i unless you come outright and and with immediate and direct uh decisive clarity say he is wrong and he should be punished then somehow your failure you're you're failing to condemn or 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 you're in agreement with it i don't know what the social interpretation is well maybe i'm i'm not hypersensitive enough but i thought he he roundly condemned the words that kanye spoke I, I I didn't feel he was making any excuses. He just he he said the man was not well, and he might want to think a little more before he starts posting things on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I and you know, so, the other picture here is um, it's it's interesting. You know, again talking about Dave Chappelle, and while he is the the bullet point we can focus on, I think it's that he he is an example of uh, a larger cultural moment we're, we're in, especially where comedian, social commentary, um, and frankly, freedom of speech um, is, is being attacked, you know, to use a strong word. 
this idea that I don't know if you saw the special. I think it's his last, uh, either his penultimate or his most recent special. He um, he was comment. He he was responding to a lot of the flack he's received for his um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Transgenderism. Transgender. Thank you. Yeah. I was think which letter it was. The T's. <laughs> yes, he refers to them. Um, but he's received a, a great deal of criticism, and, and I won't comment whether or not it's it's just or not. Um, people have their various opinions, but in doing so, he brought up a, a a person that he had come to know who was transgender, who was also a comedian, who was a big fan of his, and who he thought was both a decent human being and a funny one at that. And he promoted her and allowed her to open several of his shows. Um, and, and, and she had his back, too, because she absolutely. came out. And, yeah, she was amazing. Uh, so, <laughs> And she received, because she was willing to even be associated with this homophobic or transphobic or whatever it is, a comedian in the form of Dave Chappelle, her own community chastised her. Right. And not only chastised her, but did so to such an extent that she took her own life. And you really have to ask, you know, who's who is the offending party here? Where which end of this scale has a crime been committed? Um, social, a social crime, at least. Right. And I don't, you know, go ahead and write your dirty letters or, or, your, or your nasty responses. I'll be interested to read them. I'm pretty sure that I feel confident in my uh, sense that it's not Dave. <laughs> you know the the interesting thing to me is is if you're of whatever group is being discriminated against you definitely have a dog in the hunt and your opinion is really valid and I want to hear what you have to say if you're what do they call them an a, a, an ally well, and I think there's there's room for massaging that. I understand exactly what you're saying. I think that, you know, I've often said, and I'll use an example. Uh, I think I told this to you, but I'll share it here with our listeners. A few years back, I was in Los Angeles at a party, and um, I being of color and uh, at least associated with the black American community, um, and having friends who are of color, all kinds of different colors, uh, from time to time, a comedian's voice or a story will be told or a joke or whatnot. And the word nigger would get used for a point of emphasis, not a casual flippant usage, but because that was the word that was appropriate for the space. And, this topic came up at this particular party, and I remember this young, relatively white, I don't remember if she was Caucasian is, is all I got for, for her in my memory, um, woman was there and either overheard or was participating in the conversation, and she became quite irate at the idea that anybody would use that word. And, and you know, and, and it's not right for black people to use it either. And I said... You know, I thought about it, you know, because it's my job to represent the entirety of the black community. Oh, I didn't know you had that role. <laughs> yeah. 
And I, I remember choosing my words wisely, uh, at least as I was capable of at the time. And I remember thinking about it and I said, you know, I appreciate the spirit from which you're speaking. I, I appreciate the decency you're trying to um, live up to and, and express. I said, here's the problem. Um, I feel fairly strongly that, and, and forgive me for being blunt, um, it's none of your business. <laughs> there you go. And I said, and here's the thing. I am not uh, Hispanic. Um, and I think that was the example I, I went to. I said, I can understand to a certain extent some of the challenges that uh, the Hispanic community uh, deals with in this country, but I cannot understand their internal uh, conflicts in, in their community. I'm not part of it. I said, so if a number, and again, apologies to our listeners, but so for the point of clarity, if a number of Hispanic people are standing around and talking amongst themselves and choose to refer to one of their own as a spick, um, I don't know that it's my place to tell them that they're wrong in doing so. Um, another example would be if a number of women are standing around talking amongst themselves and choose to refer to one of their own uh, community as a, another B word we use for women. Right. Um, or that gets used for women. Uh, also uh, the word we'd use for a female dog. Uh, I don't know that it's my place to educate women on how they should refer to each other. I will agree that as I am not a woman or a Hispanic uh, or fill in the, the blank. That's not our word to use, right? Not in my vocabulary. <laughs> right. Um, but unless the woman being referred to as my wife in my presence uh, as an attack on her by someone from which it should not be coming, in which case now I have a different reason to be invested. I don't think that that's my place to judge them for that uh, any more than if a number of black folks are together and refer to themselves as this, whether I agree with it or not, that that's not an opinion that I think is, is appropriate to pass judgment from someone who's not part of that community. Well, she was not pleased with, my uh, interpretation of, of these uh, ideals. And I, I don't think we, we spoke any further for the evening, but um, I say this to say, I look at what has, you know, what you were talking about uh, with, with this young woman, transgender, excuse me, woman um, that uh, Dave Chappelle really embraced uh, in a way that her own community did not. Um, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I I mean, apparently I should be ostracized from all people I know on the left because I talk to you. Well, of course, because, and you know, the same for me, for, by all people on the right, which we don't know. Maybe they have ostracized us. I don't know. So. We, we seem to have a lot of time to talk to each other, so we must not be smart. <laughs> Maybe that is what happened. No, I, I and, and by the way, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting point. And I, I'm sitting here thinking, uh, and I've shared this with you, but I'll, I'll just talk about it now. Uh, you know, I, I discovered that there are some Jewish roots in my history and, and, and decided that it would be important to learn a little about that part of my culture. 
uh, it was something in my family that was pretty much ignored and to this day is not acknowledged. But the genetic data is there. You can't deny it. And um, so I, I, I decided I go to the go to the shul uh, at the temple. And she, and I I was very honest about why I was there and 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 told the rabbi why I was there and I was treated as a guest and with a great deal of respect and even got to park in the guest parking spot by the way mm -hmm. because most of the folks at that shul did not drive they they walked so there was a whole lot of parking there yeah. uh, but anyway so I was there for a few weeks and, and this old Jewish lady comes up to me and she she starts asking me and I'm, I'm telling her my story and she says, Oh, you're Goyim. And I, I said, I suppose I'm mostly Goyim. And she says, well, you know why God invented the Goyim? And I, I said, why? She said, somebody's got to pay retail. <laughs> and so, and she, it wasn't an insult. It was, I laughed. I thought it was, hyster I suppose I should have been offended, but, but you know, she was just being funny and, and, I don't know who it should have been offensive to, by the way. Is it offensive to the Jewish folks or is it offensive to the Goyim? <laughs> well, I think what you're demonstrating there is there's something called a human relationship. And I feel that the more and more we can start, you know, yes, there are certain things that have been norms in society, uh, historically speaking, that were wrong. No question. And when we recognize that those elements are a problem, then yes, society should uh, rec you know, reflect on that and make the adjustment. Uh, and, and sometimes that happens in different ways. Sometimes it happens you know, naturally um, over time. Sometimes it requires legislation. Sometimes there are other acts of unpleasantry that uh, motivate those shifts. But with all things, there is a point where we've gone too far. And I, you know, as a teacher, when a child comes into school who is really having a day and all that child needs is a hug, but a teacher can't dare take the risk of um, embracing the child yeah, because, yeah. you know, it could be interpreted as something else. And, uh, you know, this, this, this is, this is not healthy. When, when two people, regardless of their background, like you just uh, demonstrated, can have maybe slightly off color, but a shared joke to, that betters their relationship and opens up their, the human experience between them, to throw that out with the bathwater because, you know, any joke that has a racial or religious or ethnic uh, foundation is not okay i think i feel like we've lost something and that's that's me a liberal <laughs> <laughs> well and by the way if i wasn't offended nobody should be offended right it, it was okay. not addressed to anyone but me and, and you said something that was quite profound you got lucky by the way uh, a while back that i haven't forgotten let me write it down here <laughs> and, and you said that sometimes our folks are Folks are offended for groups they're not members of, and we don't always need them to be offended for us. And I don't remember what the issue was we were talking about, but when you said that, I went, yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think there is definitely a place where we as a group, whatever that group is, do need to have a space for empathy sympathy and support absolutely for people who may not be part of our group but they are still part of our human group and when we see something on the larger you know 
humane scale being uh, offended or attacked or whatever you want to call it, then yes, there's a space where we should be ready to be supportive of our human brethren, whatever their walk of life. But there are some times where it's probably the best choice to just keep our you-know-what mouth shut. <laughs> well, and to your point, if you're in a group and they start telling jokes that are inappropriate, you can say, hey, listen, fellas, uh, not my kind of humor. I don't appreciate it. And walk off. You've made a statement. You didn't tell them <laughs> they have to stop. You didn't tell them they should all go seek counseling. You didn't call the police on them. You made a choice to say, okay, this is something I'm not going to participate in. And, and you did tell them why, why <laughs> the statements have been made. I, I, I do not allow, uh, you know, I, I do not allow certain kinds of humor around me. I, I, I don't like to hear the I'll denigration. Make caveat, I'll make a caveat in that if someone is being hurt, if, right. you know, whether physically or verbally, if there's somebody in, present in that space that's that different attacked, then yes, I think again on, on you know there's the space where of of a higher moral calling we of course engage, but sometimes it's people talking amongst themselves in a way that we may not approve of, and we represent our disapproval by removing ourselves from that space. I'm not going to sit in any conversation amongst people of whatever group that no one in the group is there making using racial slurs i'm just not I, I i will always walk away um you know if a group of and i i've not observed this but if a group of white guys are standing around using the n-word i'm out i'm out um and, and part of it to be perfectly honest charles is i was an educator for a decade my kids watched me i knew that i was always modeling proper behavior and, mm. and it just became a habit for me to never, ever, ever abide by uh, abide any of that kind of stuff. And, and by the way, the N-word was never allowed in my class by anyone because it was my room, and that was the decision I made for my room. Um, what, what the kids did on their own time was not my business, but, but in my classroom, we were going to speak. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of the right word. We were, we were going to be respectful in our speech. And by the way, that's not just respectful of others. That's a form of self-respect. Right, right. Um, that I think often we forget about that. Um, and, and, and again, on both ends of the scale, there is a place for reason and judgment to, to step in. You know, there is a joke that you and I might be able to share may not be appropriate for our mother-in-law. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. And usually, by the way, for the Doesn't folks listening. joke is just off the books altogether. <laughs> usually when we're telling jokes to each other, it's about ourselves. So we're picking on each ourselves. <laughs> so, And usually I'm picking on me and you're picking on you. So, uh, but this, it, this, this comes back to the Dave Chappelle thing. And, and I think you just said it. You know, if, if you're in a space where something... Nobody's being directly harmed, but it's just a space where something you really do not approve or feel comfortable in, you make the choice to leave. Well, this is exactly the, the healthy mentality that people need to get back to when it comes to public figures. If you don't like something a comedian said, you know what you do? You change the channel or you don't buy that ticket or if maybe you walk out of the middle of the show if that's what you feel the need to do. But we don't need to cancel 
people who are expressing, as long as it's not coming from a place of hate, and I guess that's where the gray area is. Um, I think some people feel that, again, you know, interpretations of sensitivity, that to to not denounce, to to not, you know, say certain things in response to certain behaviors is to be approving of a hate-based speech. And I don't know about that. I, I don't either. And, yeah. and, um, it's, it, it's, it's, there are exceptions. Don't get me wrong. I think there are certain things that are definitely a form of hate, but, um, again, I don't know that even in, in that setting, if I know there's a certain block down on uh, the city corner that there are people spewing hate, my choice simply not to walk down that block is not also saying, but it's okay for them to continue doing it. <laughs> no, no. Not condoning I, it. <laughs> no, I, I... But I'm not stopping it either. And, and, you know, this is a personal choice we have to make for ourselves. And, and but, but trying to cancel somebody who was simply commenting on a current event uh, and, and giving his perspective on that current event. And, and that's what, Dave Chappelle was doing, uh, was, was, I mean, I, I struggle with the idea that, that we've gotten so politically correct that even talking about an event from, from a different perspective has become cancel worthy. Uh, Don Rickles would never survive in the modern political climate because he picked on everybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we've lost, uh, 80% of our entire, uh, historical celebrity body. I mean, we have would be around today, um, you know, with all of their exploits. And I mean, Dean Martin seemed to be pretty straightforward, but the rest of them would be completely canceled. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, Sammy Davis Jr. was the butt of their jokes uh, of, of the other three. Uh, Sammy Davis made those three the butt of his jokes and, and everybody picked on the other other three uh, pretty regularly. And, and uh you know, they had already discussed if if you've done any reading on them what lines they weren't allowed to cross. Uh, you know, you didn't pick on Dean's family. You just it was off limits. You didn't you didn't talk about them. Uh, you didn't bring up Frank's connections or, or supposed connections. Oh, yeah. Alleged, alleged, uh, alleged connections to any organized crime. But but other than that, they had already. Uh, you didn't bring up Sammy's. Uh, which at the time was controversial. Of course, today it wouldn't be his interracial marriage. It just wasn't brought up. Uh, and, and so, um, well, it, think about it. They, you know, they may have had some off-color race-based jokes. Nothing totally distasteful, but stuff that today might uh, raise an eyebrow. But they also made a very clear uh, statement. In Las Vegas, uh, I seem to recall it was Sinatra who said, "You either let Sammy." Uh, true story <laughs> be part of this as much as we are or we don't come here at all right you know he stood up for that um and it's 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 the part that we we would we modern day cancel frank sinatra who took a very very courageous stand in a time where it was very normal to exclude black artists from from venues no it, it was i think the womanizing uh i find that more troubling <laughs> i'm trying to choose my words wisely here the the assumed uh female relations uh that were um 
perhaps uh, considered to be prolific, that would probably be more of a standard issue at this point than uh, anything else. Um, but, you know, the, it I, I don't to say it, it was normal for them. And it sounds like I'm saying it's okay, and I'm not. That's not what you're saying. But um, in the context of the time, they were revolutionaries. They were, and and I just I think that there is a degree to which we have to evolve as a society. And so, yes, it's okay that what was okay then is not okay now. Um, but we have to also have some moderation in that as well, and not totally. Uh, genericize our human experience because anything that could possibly be uh, remotely considered offensive or, or you know, in some way disrespectful of any number of far random groups is so we're not going to do anything at all. For example, here's a great one, uh, non sequitur. What do you call the room of the house where the owners of the house generally sleep? The master bedroom. No, you don't. I know it's it's with it's the primary, primary bedroom room now. <laughs> <laughs> this is fascinating to me, <laughs> or at least entertaining. <laughs> uh, it it is it is a recent development in our our politically correct uh, uh, society. That oh, I got another one. I got another one. What do you call the part of the plane where the pilot sits? Oh, no. Don't tell me they've changed that one, too. <laughs> well, it's now called the flight deck. Does anyone, any players out there remember what it used to be called? The cockpit. Oh, no, 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 young man. <laughs> we don't say those words in public. <laughs> it doesn't mean the same thing. <laughs> it, it was just too, too, a little too racy for some. So it is now called the flight deck. Jeez. Oh, well, it, it's it's uh, there was a huge controversy uh, a few years ago in Washington D.C. when the wet mayor of the city used the word "niggardly," n-i-g-g-a-r-d-l-y, which has nothing to do with the inappropriate slang term. It's actually from Swedish, uh, yeah. if I remember correctly. And he was roasted in public for using the word. And by the way, he he was black, or he is black. And, and I, I just... To it's this amazing day, how ignorance can be the uh, judge and jury. Does anyone, it, it, know, does, does anyone out there know the definition of niggardly? Other than me? <laughs> well, I know too. I mean, it's essentially uh, uh, stingy. Right. It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a proper word for being stingy or cheap or, or whatever the word is you'd yeah. like to use. And, and so I, I, I'm, um, I, I am stunned. Uh, you know, it's the same reason we don't refer as we did in the 1960s, uh, Negro. Um, which never bothered me, but because of the too too close for comfort uh, sound of the word to the other N word, um, it it got you know taken off the list of of okay, and we went back to black, I guess. <laughs> some some folks never left. Walter Williams, the economist from George Mason University, kept using it until the day he uh, he passed away. So, <laughs> well, and 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 I don't actually, I never, I never had a problem with that. I, I honestly, uh, the the term African American, I, I find myself challenged with, um, because to me, like so many other things, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, Charlize Theron is an African American. So, so, so is Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. So what does that mean? You know, it, it doesn't, 
uh, really have any meaning if we're using a word to be a descriptive, a visual descriptive. Um, person of color, but, you know, that's a little generic sounding too. Um, I don't know. I'm okay with being black because I'm certainly call y'all white. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I find the term Caucasian to be just silly. I, I really do. I, I think it's a silly word. By the way, the reason why the cockpit is called the cockpit mm-hmm. is because it comes from boats. And of course, on boats, you have a coxswain, uh, which is not even spelled like that, like the word. It's a boatswain's mate who, who pilots the boat. And the coxswain uh, is in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so it's an old nautical term. And, and to, to cancel that word is kind of silly, too. I, 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 I just... <laughs> I, I, I know you're not a, 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 a harder rock guy, but I, I know you know the band Kiss and, and Gene Simmons from Kiss is Jewish and as is Paul Stanley. And he tells the story and you can actually find it on YouTube, but Mike Douglas show uh, Kiss's first appearance where they came on. They were very young at the time and they performed. And then Gene put on his big Showtime act that, oh, you all look very lovely. I'd love to eat you all uh, and drink your blood. And he was just being silly. And this woman says, a comedian, I think her name was Dodie, Dodie Fields or something like that. And she mm-hmm. says, a Jewish comedian. And she says, wouldn't it be funny if underneath all that makeup, there was just a little Jewish boy from Brooklyn? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Gene says, made some remark to her. Uh, and, and she said, oh, honey, you can't hide the hook, meaning her his nose. And, yeah. and, and Gene writes about it in his book. It just said he was laughing so hard he had to turn away from the camera because she nailed it, right? He, he was a little Jewish boy from Brooklyn. So it was <laughs> – so I, I just – you know, again, inappropriate humor, yes. Appropriate to Gene and, and the woman, Toadie uh, – I think it's Toadie Fields – Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, I think Tony Fields is the comedian that uh, Mrs. Maisel is based on, sort of. Oh, really? So, uh, I thought it was Joan uh, Rivers. It could also be Joan Rivers. I've heard it's kind of a, a, a combination of the two of them. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I don't. The writers know I don't. I'm just, this is what I've read somewhere. Who knows? I, but again, you know, it was inappropriate humor, I guess, if maybe Gene wasn't Jewish. <laughs> so, <laughs> but and and I did mention that Toadie, whatever, it was Jewish as well. So um, I don't know. I, I I just we've gone too far. We've gone over the edge when we're changing words like cockpit and uh, master bedroom. Uh, master being, I'm the master of my own domain. By the way, <laughs> well. <laughs> But and here you go. I mean, the it's it's what the the popular understanding is always outweighs the literal uh, interpretation. And the you know again, like I, I keep coming back to this. There's a place in the middle. You know, there are some things that are rooted in offensive language. I'll you know, for example, uh, I'm not a fan of the the term, and you don't hear it much anymore. It's kind of antiquated. But cotton picking. To me, I never cared for that as one of these, ah, oh, these cotton picking, blah, blah, blah. To me that, you know, while all sorts of people picked cotton, uh, there's a certain image that comes from that that just seemed probably not the kind of thing I want to say um, or express. Uh, but 
that's me. I mean, my protest of that phrase is to not use it. <laughs> you know? And I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, well, and, and there are lots of words um, like that. Um, I, I didn't even realize uh, the word pickaninny. Have you ever heard that word? Yeah, sure. It, it's it's a word that West Indians use to describe their children. It comes from the Portuguese and it means very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, it, it, it it became a racial slur in North America uh, because it was used for all children of African descent. And so, uh, but in our generation and and younger, I, I don't think people even, I didn't even know the word. I, I think we were watching a movie and I heard it in a movie. In fact, it was the movie um, Cary Grant uh, about the wedding where he, his ex-wife is getting remarried. I can't remember what it's called. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I had to go look up the word. I'm like, what does this word mean? <laughs> so uh, again, you know, cotton picking, I never thought about it to be quite honest. I, I, I Well, and this is the thing in, in a lot of cases, and that's why I use that as an example, we have these idiomatic phrases or, you know, uh, uh, vernaculars that are have been around for so long we don't even really know or think about the roots of them and in some cases if you pause and and look them up you know they are either niggardly being a good example the the presumption is something that is not the case um with cotton picking you know there's something where it sounds like a nice way to to express an attitude without having to say a dirty word well <laughs> It also is is a, a reference, you know, uh, up there with Indian giver and and and, w- and any number of other things. Um, which, by the way, that's supposed to be, if I'm understanding that one correctly, it's, it's attack on white people. It, yes, it's, it's the idea that you gave and then took away, um, as people gave things to the Native Americans and then uh, took it away. I'm going to sneeze. Excuse me. And while you're sneezing, uh, it's also now we call American Indians Native Americans. I've heard multiple American Indians say that they find that offensive. Uh, uh, everyone who's born in the United States is a Native American. Uh, and, and Russell Means was the first guy I heard to, to talk about this. He said, I am an American Indian and proudly so. Uh, it's kind of at the same level as uh, black versus African-American. Uh he he did not feel the term Native American meant anything either. So I, I found that kind of interesting as well. The, the, well uh, the, yeah, go ahead. Sir. Oh, I didn't know you weren't done sneezing, so I was I was vamping here. I was still sneezing, <laughs> and I have bigger issues, and we need to quit this podcast. Um, <laughs> the so, other one, you know, I, that's interesting. I I recently um, learned is that. Uh, one of my favorite forms of music is no longer referred to as I grew up playing it. Um, Dixieland uh, is now referred to as traditional New Orleans jazz. Really? Because apparently Dixie uh, is somehow offensive to someone. Did anybody tell Louie? <laughs> but this is the point. James, you know, uh, 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 Martin Luther King referred to Negro boys and girls. Uh, you know, the, this these terms... Uh, that are offensive today to somebody, I, though I don't know who, um, they they were used quite comfortably by a lot of our most revolutionary figures within those fields. And I don't think Louis Armstrong ever had a problem with playing Dixieland jazz. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, is Bob the next one to go? <laughs> it's, it's it's very it's 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 uh, toxic masculinity. Bob. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I know we shouldn't laugh because sometimes these are hurtful phrases. Uh, Pickaninny is definitely a hurtful phrase. It's not something we should use now that I know what it means. I wouldn't never, I never used it anyway, but, but you know, it's, it's not a, a well, I don't think it's a common vernacular these days anyway, but uh, uh, you know, and, and I never thought about cotton picking. It's not a word. You've never heard me say it in all the time we've been friends. And, and so <laughs> it never came up, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, the word cracker is an interesting one to me because it's become a slur, but but a cracker was simply an English settler in Florida or southern Georgia. Uh, 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 that's where the term comes from. Florida crackers were farmers. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, cracker a cracker cowboy because they raised beef. They still raise beef in parts of Florida. A cracker cowboy was a white cowboy in Florida uh, instead of a Hispanic or, or uh, uh, American Indian. Uh, it, it's... It was a term of pride. It's like a redneck. You know, we, we act like redneck is a pejorative. But and by the way, rednecks can be all colors. Uh, so uh, but, you know, redneck is is just a, a term when you're in the country, you hear lots of I'm just a redneck. You know, you hear folks refer to themselves that way. So, uh, well, like so many things, there is a uh, an intent um, that has to be taken into, uh, you know, and, and both intense and the source, you know, who's saying it. I'm I, I'm sorry, but I don't care how nicely you may intend it. If you are white, you probably should stay away from the word nigger. I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> Chris Chris Rock has a whole bit on that. Yes, <laughs> it's, and it's historically right. funny. I, I will refer people to go check it out. But uh, yes, in one of his specials, he gives the one opportunity that, as a Caucasian, you may use that word, and then you have to whisper it. <laughs> um, is that maybe I should have put spoiler alert on it, but <laughs> um, but you know what? He's right. If 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 those set of circumstances that he lays out have happened to you, go for it, my friend. You get the one pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, we've really crossed into politically incorrect ter- ter- territory. Well, you know, in, in, in talking about uh, you know cancel culture and politically incorrect uh, terminology and, and usage, I think that again, you know. Dave Chappelle is very admirable to me. And I don't care whether you agree with his perspectives or whatnot, but the fact that he manages to continue to find a, a route through the criticisms to speak his truth, I think is absolutely worthy of praise. And, and by the way, I know I mentioned it earlier, his assessment of why so many Americans are like Trump was spot on, and he wasn't being nasty about it. He said, I'm a Democrat. I don't like Trump, but this is why they do. And, and when he was done, I went, yeah, okay, I can see that. Uh, and, and, you know, hey, liberal white folk, lots of black folks and Hispanics voted for Trump. I know that'll melt your brain, but but true statement. Uh, he, he did better in the polls amongst black Americans and Hispanic Americans than like the previous five or six Republican candidates for president and Donald Trump. Yes. And I know that's shocking. And that was, that study was not done by a right wing think tank that was done by a, I think a Yale or a Harvard black Yale or Harvard professor uh, of color, by the way. Yeah. And uh, who, who was it? He said, I, I was a Bernie Sanders supporter in the, in the primary. So he was certainly not on the right wing. And when he finished the study, he said, Trump, 
did amazingly well, particularly amongst working class. And, and by the way, Trump's appeal was to blue collar Americans and, oh, and, and people don't want to talk about that. But and, and again, we are not a Trump apologist on this show. I, I think we're just realists on this show. So, Yeah, well, and, you know, I don't have a problem saying I can't. Well, and, and I think Dave Chappelle said it himself. He said, you know, the, when you when you look at what certain uh, groups saw in Donald Trump, you know, if you pause and, and really hear where their reasoning was coming from, you can understand to a certain degree. And there are certain degrees that I can understand. Yes. Uh, there are also degrees to which I cannot wrap my head around how he could be uh, justified, but uh, you know, that's me. And you know, well, I, think, I, think, I think my bigger issue, you know, again, I don't want this episode is not supposed to be about Trump, but I think I will just simply say, uh, you know, I had a very strong problem with him, but I had a whole lot of other problems with with the alternatives. So. Well, and, and you and I discuss that in depth and, and, and we're going to talk about those two folks in a future episode anyway. Uh, uh, probably the next episode that that election will come up. Uh, but, you know, that was a teaser, by the way. Uh, mm. So, I, I, and the only comment I'll make, because I, I like you, I don't want to make this episode about that particular man. Uh, I think he lost a lot in the last few weeks with his uh, threatening of the governor of Florida, uh, DeSantis, uh, when he decided he was going to burn DeSantis down. I think a lot of his supporters may have said, you know, you kind of cross the line there because... Uh, most of the folks who like Trump also like Governor DeSantis in Florida. And so um, I, I think he, he may be done as a political candidate. Well, we'll save that for, for the, the next pod. Um, and there were a lot of things, you know, again, teaser alert. Uh, I, one of the things we want to talk about in, in coming episode is not just the politics specifically, but what do the elections tell us about our country? Um, you know, what, what inferences can be made when we hear all this vitriol and, 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 you know, cursing and screaming and hollering, what, whatever the particular fight may be. And then you see what actually took place in the polls. Um, what does that tell us about what's actually in the minds and hearts of our voting electorate? Oh, and we will save this for the next episode because I think I have a unique take on a, a lot of this. So, um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> coming back around to, to uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts on, on the Chappelle bit or, or anything involving that? Um, I just, I, I, you know, again, reiterating, I think that there is a space where we should allow people to express their, their ideas um, and perspectives, whether we agree with them or not. And as long as they are not outrightly attacking and even to some extent, if they are, uh, in which case, by all means, go ahead and, and, and protest. But I will say this, which we haven't called out. I think Lorne Michaels is an amazing person. It is, and I'm sure there are all kinds of skeletons in his closet like there is in everybody at that level. But the fact that he continues to bring people into the Saturday Night Live house so to speak, his house, people who, you know, it, 
would not necessarily be considered safe to have. The fact that he continues to allow a, a microphone to people of controversy, I think is incredibly admirable. Whatever you think of the current level of funny that Saturday Night Live may be, I think there's a lot of a lot of respect to be given to uh, Lauren Michaels and the and the producers over there at NBC. I, I, I agree. I agree. And by the way, for our listeners who don't know, Lauren Michaels' real name is Lauren David Lipowitz. Uh, uh, who was a Catholic name, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was actually born in Israel. So uh, actually, when he was born there, it was Palestine. So uh, uh, yeah, he 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 he's he brought Dave on. And if he if Dave Chappelle is back on his show, you know how he felt about that bit. So, yeah. and I'm pretty sure Lauren kind of knew what Dave was going to talk about. Uh, it is his show and uh, he runs it. He's not some, a fool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's been, he's been um, on that show. Some, most of the time, I, I think there were a few years in the middle, four or five years in the middle where he wasn't doing yep, Saturday Night Live, but yep, since 1975, perfect. 75. So um, yeah, he didn't stay on the air that long being dumb. <laughs> so. No, no, he did not. Um, but any any closing thoughts on this topic from you? Not, you know, I think we we've hit most of the issues. We we actually pulled almost an hour out of a, a what was a fourteen minute bit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think the the last thought I have is the job, and we've discussed this in previous previous episodes, but but I want to revisit this again. It is the job of comedians to be the jesters who point out our foibles, our inconsistencies, and all the other things we as a society get wrong. And sometimes they're going to cross lines. And if that offends you, that either was their point, or uh, you may want to think why it offends you. And so I, I know that Dave Chappelle will not only recover from this because he is the George Carlin of this generation and he's hysterically funny, but without the Chappelles of the world, we'd be in trouble. We'd be in big trouble, in trouble. <laughs> big trouble. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm again, I, I have, he's one of my favorite comedians. <laughs> he is. I'm also a big Chris Rock fan. So, uh, What's wrong with me, by the way? I'm a, I, but anyway, because neither of those guys and I align politically at all. But I just it, talents is talent, folks. I don't care. <laughs> so, uh, well, listen. The sound of my dogs barking in the background says that uh, it's probably uh, time to sign off here. But all uh, right. Well, we have folks to thank. But while you're pulling up the list, I'm I'm first off going to thank you and 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 thank you for this idea. We each came with an idea, so we we know what the next show is about. And uh, I want to, again, thank you for being honest and candid about your personal experiences involving some of these issues that we touched on and, and appreciate that a lot. Uh, I, I don't ever expect you to talk about things that may make you uncomfortable, uh, but this is not a safe space and we know that going in. No, and and I want to thank Dave Chappelle and, and Lauren Michaels for being honest and real. Uh, seriously, if... if you don't have the Chappelle's of the world. We just sit and go along with all this stuff. I'll just call it stuff. So you have your list up? No, it's absolutely true. And uh, and thank you, my my generous co-host. And thank you, our listeners, for sticking with us. We're up over 20 episodes. I don't know what number we're at. This, I think, is 21 or 22. I can't remember. But the so. support we're getting from our uh, friends and fans uh, and our wives who put up with us stealing away to do this. 
uh, is is invaluable. And in addition, we must thank our uh, engineer and editor and contributing and occasional co-host, Keith Zdrojovi. He hasn't been on for a while, but we're going to get him back on the microphone. We we have to, uh, since we're recording from home, he doesn't he doesn't get to be on the show very often. Well, we're going to fix that uh, soon enough. We have plans and schemes. Uh, the Lazarus Trio, Carl Groves and uh, my esteemed co-host and uh, co-musician, Mike Koniger. Where's the third guy? I, I never figure out that name. Anyway, it's a, it's a running joke. <laughs> and uh, yeah, tune in, uh, same same bad time, same bad channel. We'll find a new way. What if we've offended folks? How can they get a hold of us? Well, that's true. I should give you a, a chance to vent. Uh, Civil Discourse, T-N-S-S at gmail.com. That's this is not a safe space. TNSS at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts. Yeah. And if you're offended, we'd like to hear from you. If you're not offended, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And uh, you experienced the, the power of, of, of nice and kind emails this week. We could talk about that on another episode. But uh, and indeed. We, we would love to hear from you. And if you don't mind, please go give us those five-star ratings. We'd appreciate it. And until next time, everyone be safe. All right. Take care. <laughs>